0: So, I'm standing down here this morning. I've been asked, Do I want it up? I don't want this up today for a reason. And that is that the message that God has put on my heart is not, it's, it's a message that He's challenged me with, and I'm going to share it with you. And it's, so I feel like I'm standing here because I'm with you in this. I'm not up there preaching at you. I'm here with you and hearing this message from God with you. All right? So, we're together in this. And it's not something that I'm trying to tell you. It's just something that God has really challenged me with, and I want to share it with you. I don't know if you've heard of a man called Aristotle. He was a ancient Greek philosopher, and uh, he's very his a lot of what he taught and a lot of what he said is very well regarded by people throughout history. And he still today some of his quotes are amazing and very challenging, and I know in education we often use them and refer to them because they 're inspiring. But I was reading about him, and he had this view that um, that whether a person was courageous or intelligent was based on the world 's climate and so if you were from uh, and like so he was a Greek philosopher, so he, Sort of that was his world. And so he believed that if you were from the northern countries, then you would be very bold and courageous, but not very skillful or, in, or intelligent. And that's how he viewed people. If he saw them from there, that's what that's what he thought. And if you were from a southern, country, southern warm country, then you would be very skillful and very intelligent, but not at all courageous. And so he would, he would judge people by the weather of the country that they came from. And we can think, that's a bit stupid. Why would you do that? You know, it doesn't seem to make very much sense. But then I thought about it and I thought, you know, I can be driving along. And I get behind a slow driver and suddenly I'm thinking all these sorts of things. (laughs) And I'm thinking... That must be a very old person in front. And maybe it's uh, sort of because it wouldn't be a woman. But, um, and I've got all these sort of, and suddenly I'm finding I'm making all these judgments about the driver. And when I get the chance to get out and get past, I look and I see none of those things I thought were correct. It's someone different altogether. Or if I'm beh- you know, you know, I'm on the highway, I'm doing 110 kilometers, exactly the speed limit, I think, you know, this is, and suddenly a car comes right up behind me on my tail. And I'm thinking, I'm doing the speed limit. It's okay. Why are you pushing me to try and... And they want to pass by. And i am sort of got to wait till I can get a, a chance to go into the left lane. And then I'm thinking, what a maniac. And sort of I'm making all these judgments about him or her. And, um, <laughs> and suddenly I find um, that I'm thinking things. I'm making judgments based on... Not necessarily who that person is, but maybe on their behavior or what they're doing. Now I just have to stop for a minute because um, I haven't um, gone to the setting oh, sorry, I haven't gone to the settings and made this so it won't go off. You know how it just keeps fading, so I'll just do that. Otherwise, I'll keep losing the message. So we're all susceptible to prejudice in some form or other. And I was looking at that word prejudice, and uh, when you break it down, it means this. It means pre-judge, pre-judge, based on some sort of assumption. It may be based on their appearance, it may be based on behavior, it may be based on their religious choice, it may be based on some cultural choice, and so we pre judge based on that. And uh, it's really easy when that happens that we start to actually behave in a certain way to people because we have prejudged them. And God challenged me about this and he talked to me very strongly about this through a story from Acts, Acts chapter 10. So if you're following in the Bible today, I'm going to be referring throughout the message to Acts chapter 10. And this story is, is about the life of Peter. It's about Peter, who was Jesus' disciple. And uh, Peter was, and it's to do with the church being spread from the Jewish believers out and beyond to everybody. They call it in the Bible Gentiles. So anyone who's not a Jew is a Gentile. But that's just, that's just anyone, all right. as I said, who's not a Jew. So let's look at Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 8. We'll start there. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army official named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel and the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. So Joppa is on the Mediterranean coast, and Peter's staying there. And then, about fifty kilometres north is Caesarea, and this town is a town that is the Roman provincial capital. And this is where Cornelius lived. Cornelius was a centurion; that means he was in charge of one hundred soldiers for the Roman army. Now, the Jews did not like the Romans because they were oppressing them, and Actually, they believed the Messiah was going to come to deliver them from this oppression. From the Romans, you know, controlling them and, and, and being over them. And so the stage is set. You've got a Gentile Roman soldier. And he represents the despised Romans to the Jewish people. And then you've got Peter, a devout Jewish apostle and he's temporarily residing at Joppa. Now it's interesting to note that Joppa is the place, this is just a by the by, Joppa is the place where Jonah, who know, do you know the story of Jonah? Jonah was called by God to go and bring the gospel message to, a, to another, to um, the people who didn't know, that were not Jewish and uh, he didn't want to do that. So he disobeyed and he ran away and and he ran away from Joppa with this very call to go and bring the message to other people than the Jews and he was disobedient to that and and tried to run away from God. So here we have Peter in that same place and then 50 kilometres north we have Cornelius, the Roman soldier. And behind the scenes, God is orchestrating the events to bring these two men together together. They are very different and they will have very differing views of each other. And so he's planning to bring them together in a way that actually shocks them both and in the end brings down the walls of prejudice between them. So there are five things that I think we can learn from this story that I want us to think about this morning. So we'll quickly go through them, all right? The first one is that we are all susceptible to prejudice. Now you could be sitting there thinking... I don't think I am really, I'm, I accept people, I love people and you know, I think that I'm okay. But if people like Peter who's a, who lived and walked with Jesus were susceptible to prejudice and that God had to deal with it, then I think that we probably are as well. Yeah. And the thing is that we can be very blind to our prejudice because we actually, it's not that we want to have them, it's just that we don't even sometimes even see that we have them. And so this story is showing us that I don't think Peter saw that he had this, so God wanted to show him. And the amazing thing about God is he does it so kindly, he does it so graciously. So let's look at now on to verse nine to sixteen. So the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were messengers, sorry, were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. So you can imagine this was difficult for Peter. Peter had been brought up and trained to think this way. This was unclean. And he he wanted to stay true to what he'd been taught. And so he didn't want to touch it. So you can see that that God is teaching him here about something that he had to change his thinking. And and it wasn't that he was trying to be prejudiced. This is the interesting thing. He wasn't trying to to prejudge Cornelius or any of the Gentiles. It's just that this is the way he'd been brought up. This is the way he'd been trained. And so we have to sometimes look at our mindsets, what we've been brought up to think, and we have to ask God, and be brave enough to ask God, is this the way that you want me to think? Is this your heart? Is this the way that you see things? And we have to keep asking that. And, and I find all the time that as I ask that question, God keeps challenging my heart to change how I see things. To see things differently to what maybe I, I, I've once thought. And it could be across a whole range of areas. Now Peter could have easily thought, Cornelius is a centurion Roman soldier they are wicked they are paganistic I should have nothing to do with that with them and if he'd done that he would have badly misjudged Cornelius and if Cornelius had thought I'm supposed to learn from an uneducated Jewish man who is staying with a tanner if he'd thought that then he would have missed God's blessing and you know, he even, you know, when he was had this vision, he's saying to God, Look what look what I've been taught from the from the you know, the Bible. These things are unclean and impure. And he's using even the Bible to justify his thoughts. And we've got to be careful that as we read the Bible, we don't read it through the lens of our prejudices. So Peter and other apostles have heard Jesus give a great commission. On more than one occasion, he'd said, go out and tell, tell the message to everyone. And so what Peter thought that meant was to go and tell it to all the Jews here, there, and beyond. And he thought maybe God's there meaning like the Jewish believers that have scattered. And so I have to go out to them and tell the message. But God wasn't meaning that, but he had to help Peter to understand that that it was, that he was actually asking him to do something that was not in his normal way of thinking. But what would have happened if Peter hadn't reached out beyond the Jews? Well, we wouldn't be sitting here today. We wouldn't be sitting here in this church today if Peter actually hadn't listened to God and how God was speaking to him and changing his heart. We wouldn't be here because it would have been only the Jews that would have heard the message if that was the case And you know, if we don't allow God to deal with these things in our heart, these prejudgments that we have, these assumptions that we have, then there there will be people he wants us to reach. And we won't be able to reach them because of these barriers. And we've got to let God bring down these barriers so that we can reach out and we can love people of every nation, of every persuasion, of every religion. We need to love people it's a verb love is a verb it's an action it doesn't mean that we have to love doesn't mean that we have to agree all right with with necessarily we don't have to agree we just have to love and that's really important so the second thing from this is that as you saw three times that vision came down from the sorry the uh, the with peter from god and because god is gracious he will keep with us trying to get us the message trying to help us to understand and it's interesting that God sent an angel to Cornelius now the the angel would have known the gospel message the angel could have shared the message with Cornelius and told him and he would have known the truth then but he didn't say that he sent the angel and told him to go to Peter the Jewish apostle Because God had this plan in mind to help break down the prejudice so that they could come together and there could be his love shared one with the other. I think that's what God's like, isn't it? God's like that. He doesn't do it the way that we think. He finds a way so that we have to grow and come into understanding of who God is. He picked a Gentile and and a Jew, a Roman soldier who represented the very thing that the Jews hated and a Jewish uneducated apostle. And Peter had to break out of his comfort zone to do this. He would not have felt comfortable about it. And Cornelius would have had to break out of his comfort zone to go and visit this house to do this. So let's go on and see what happened in, from verse 19. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. "'Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. "'Don't worry, for I have sent them.'" So Peter went down and said, "'I'm the man you were looking for. "'Why have you come?' They said, "'We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. "'He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews.'" A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. These are the Gentiles that are coming to visit him. He invited them into his home and had them stay the night. That's a challenge, isn't it? As God asks us to reach out to people, he wants us to invite them in, to have them come. And be a part of us. And then the next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from from Joppa. So it's interesting. The vision finished and then the three visitors arrived. And then Peter had to actually act on what he'd seen. And so God is gradually breaking down these prejudices in his heart so that he can fulfill the purpose for which God had planned, which was to reach everybody with the message of his love. Now, it's interesting, you'd think that after something like that, after a vision like that, after something so amazing and so, you know, supernatural, that you wouldn't have to be taught that lesson again. You'd think, well, I've got this one, I can do this one. But it's interesting that a little while later, this is just not, um, this is beyond chapter 10 in Acts, we read about when, when um, Peter's in Antioch and he's there at a multiracial church and uh, he's there and he's, he's fellowshipping with the Gentiles and, you know, everything's going well till the Jews come to visit and then he didn't want them to know that he was fellowshipping with the Gentiles so then he went and had his meals with them and left the Gentiles alone so that they wouldn't think that he was associating with them. So Paul, who was in that part of the story, I'm just telling you this because how God has to keep teaching us. We, we sort of learn something and then sometimes we move on and situations arise and God has to keep teaching us. But he will do that because he loves us and he wants us to become the people that he has in mind for us to be and to fulfill the purpose that he has for us. And Paul had to challenge Peter. And even although some of the Jews reprimanded him for what he was doing, he had to let that go and do what God had called him to do, which was to love the Gentile Christians. So point three, God's purpose is to use us to share the gospel so that he will be glorified among the nations. It's obvious in this story that God is the prime mover. He's the one that's orchestrating all this. And his purpose is that the news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life-changing news of freedom, salvation, would be brought to everybody, everybody, everywhere, and that he would be glorified, and that his purposes would be accomplished. And I think God works in the same way today. He wants that still to happen today. There are people today who don't know his love. There are people today who don't know his freedom and his grace. And he's going to use me and he's going to use you to reach those people. And if he orchestrated something like he did with Peter and Cornelius, he'll do things like that for us. He'll put us in situations that we wouldn't expect. And then we need to ask God... How do I deal with this? What do I need to do to be able to reach out with your love, with your grace to these people so that his glory can be seen? So fourthly, when God confronts our prejudice, we have a choice. We can ignore it. We can say, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to know about that. Sorry. Or we can choose to obey him. In verses 14 and 15 of chapter 10, it says, No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And so he had to understand, he had to understand what God was saying here. This was different to what he'd always thought. That's hard. But... As as God reveals something, we need to respond to what He's revealing. And Peter had to take immediate action on that. As those people came to his house, and then he responded by inviting them in and then sharing with them the message of of God's incredible grace. Going on with verse twenty four. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up. I'm a human being just like you. Peter demonstrated his love to Cornelius by treating him as an equal. We're all equal in God's sight. We're all the same. And we can help people feel loved by God as they experience loving acceptance from us and feeling they're not less than us, but that we are one with them. So when we surrender to the Lord and let go of our prejudice, he will do great things through us. Now in this story, we saw God prepared the listeners He prepared the hearts of the people to receive the message. He prepared the preacher to give the message. And what happened in the end is that we have this amazing situation where these people get to hear the story of God's love. And, you know, even before Peter had finished his message, the Holy Spirit fell upon everyone there and they were saved. And it was because Peter was willing to be obedient, to let go of his prejudice and to, um, that the gospel came to those people, and it's the same for us today. If we want people to know his love, if we want people to know freedom and to walk with God into eternity, then we need to tell them about it. We need to reach out, even not, to our, not just to our best friends. Of course we want our best friends to know that, but there's a lot of other people too that don't have best friends. And we need to reach out to them. And we need to come alongside of them. And sometimes, I've got to tell you, sometimes that will be uncomfortable. But it wasn't that comfortable on the cross. When Jesus took the, paid the price for all of us, it wasn't comfortable. But because he was prepared to do that, I have been set free. I am loved. I have a purpose and a future and a hope. And I want to bring that truth to others. When we do it, when we are willing to do that, we, things change. I want to tell you a story in finishing about a man called Dr. Hudson Now, oh, In the 1960s, um, many of you may not remember that era, but there was a lot of cultural upheaval and... Um, resulted in a wide generation gap between the young and the old, particularly in attitude and appearance. And this man, Dr. Armading, he was the president of a Bible college in America called Wheaton College, and he'd also served as a soldier in the war. So he was particularly dogmatic about appearance and about dress and all that sort of thing. And so he didn't like the grubby attire that the students wore. He didn't like long hair and beards. He thought that was actually biblically inappropriate. And so as the uh, president of the college, he had very high standards, but the the people who were sort of managing the college felt that they needed to give some leeway here and that um, they needed to allow some space for these students to give expression to to themselves. And so there was this sort of... This, this um, I guess, two different standards, two different um, ideas about things. But this one day, um, Dr. Armadine was coming to speak at the college. And uh, before the service, he wanted to gather some students together to pray with him. And so they, that he did that. And then as they were just about to pray, in walked a young man who had long hair, a beard. He had a sash around his waist and he was wearing sandals. And he... Was got upset. He thought, I don't want this young man in here. And uh, they were about to pray, and so he didn't want to make a fuss. And what was worse for him is that the young man came and sat right next to him. And so he was feeling very uncomfortable and not at all happy. And they began to pray, and then this young man prayed Dear Lord, You know how much I admire Dr. Armading, how I appreciate his walk with you. I'm grateful for what a man of God he is and how he loves you and loves your people. Lord, bless him today. Give him liberty in the Holy Spirit and make him a real blessing to all of us in the student body. Help us to have open hearts to hear what he has to say and may we do what you want us to do. The prayer meeting ended and he walked out and as Dr. Armading walked down the stairs... God challenged his heart. He challenged his prejudices that he was holding. And he said, you need to change this. This is about people. This is about young people. And so he, he, he walked out and he went into the service and he gave his message. And at the very end, he asked the young man to come to the platform. Well, a whisper went through the whole audience of young people they thought, oh my goodness, he's going to bring him up here and make a spectacle of him and then dismiss him from the college. And everyone was very nervous. But what happened is when the young man walked up onto the stage, Dr. Armadine put his arms around him and embraced him as a brother in Christ. And he said, you, you are God's son, you have been chosen to serve him. You go in God, with God's grace. As soon as that happened, something broke over that place. All the young people stood. There were tears. There was applause. And that changed that college. It changed the heart of that college to be one where they learned to love and express the love of God in action. And that's what God calls us to do. And you know, Dr. Armitage learned later that that young man only dressed that way. He actually chose to dress that way because he wanted to try and reach a generation that didn't know God, that didn't connect with the church or with religion. He just made a decision to do that, to try and reach those people. So today, as we uh, ask the host to hand out the challenge... It's a a, it is a it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that asks us to be bold enough to pray, to allow to sorry to be bold uh, to be brave enough to ask God to show you your prejudices, and they'll be different for all of us. It's it's a it's a brave prayer to pray. God, show me where I've put up walls where I'm not reaching out to people that you want me to reach out to. God, bring those walls down to to obey him in what he calls us to do. Because if Peter hadn't have obeyed, if Peter hadn't allowed God to do that work, the message may never have gone beyond the Jews to the Gentiles and, of course, to us. I believe that if Peter hadn't, God in his grace would have found someone else because God loves us and that's his heart. But it's still a challenge. Maybe there is that one person that if we don't reach, who will? And so today, I'm asking us to be brave and pray this prayer. God, show me my prejudice. And when he does, obey him in letting go and showing his love to those you find difficult to love. A new commandment. Jesus gives to us love one another just as I have loved you by this by your love by your love in action all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another I'm going to ask the worship band to come and we're going to we're going to sing stand because I think this is a stand we need to take we need to say I'll stand God, I'll stand and do what you call me to do. I'll stand, even when it's hard. I don't want anyone to miss out on knowing your love as I do. And if we're willing, if we do know his love in our hearts today, then I'm sure we don't want anyone to miss out on it. And if we don't know his love love in our hearts today, I'm asking you to consider his love for you. He did everything he could possibly do to show you that he loves you and to provide you with a life of freedom and hope. And today, if you don't know him, don't leave this place without understanding more of who he is. You might not yet be willing to take the full step, but try and understand more of who he is so that you can receive his loving grace.